Rink wide left, Martinez to the right, they score! Carlson! Back and forth with Martinez! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Petrangelo scores! Two markers for Petrangelo! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... And a big stick tap to the Las Vegas Raiders who went out there and won a uh, thriller last night. In in hockey terms, I would say last night's game was like winning a hockey game 9-8 in overtime. Because there was, <laughs> there was a lot of thrilling moments. There was some mm, suspect play. Like receivers couldn't catch a ball. There was fumbles all over the place. Uh, there was some uh, like just strategical errors, but it was fun, and you walked away from that game. Uh, even even on the Ravens side of it, you went, that was a heck of a fun game to be involved in. Not the result, but the fun part was certainly there, and, and the Raiders pulled it out. And and then the last week, by the way, this, this sports town that we've, we're calling Las Vegas, this entertainment and sports capital of the world. We got Golden Knights at the Aces game. We got Golden Knights at the Raiders game. The Golden Knights are starting up this weekend with rookie camp, Golden Knights training camp in a week. Uh, a whole bunch of fun. But that that was wild last night. And I watched it at home, mm. taking in the uh, Steve Levy led Monday Night Football broadcast. And I think Steve Levy does an amazing job. I can't wait for him to uh, call the games, uh, the hockey's package on ESPN. Uh, but uh, also watched the Mannings over on ESPN2. And that's just like where you're eavesdropping. Those two are together and they're watching the game and they're just talking about the game. They're not calling play by play or anything. Eli and Peyton are just talking about the game and they had guests on Charles Barkley and uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, Kelsey was was on there. They had all kinds of people on there. Mm. And it got me thinking. Like, we're watching, it was like sitting in the living room just watching a game with the Mannings. Like, Peyton had the football out and he was, he had the posture like he was sitting on the couch just watching the game. And as I'm sitting there taking this in, I'm like, who, who would I want to watch a game with? If I could pick two people to sit down and watch a hockey game with, uh, in my living room, which two hockey people, legends, would I want to watch the game with? And all of a sudden, like, there's a hundred names filing through my <laughs> my head, and I got to get it down to two. Yeah, like, Scotty Bowman would be fascinating to sit there and watch a hockey game with. Mm. And then I'm like, well, I'd really like to sit and watch a game with Pete DeBoer to to see to be able to. Imagine what goes on in there mm-hmm. while he's coaching a game. Why don't I want to watch coaches? Why don't I want to watch players? Watch with players. And then you get into, like, Gretz. Do you want to watch a game with Gretz? <laughs> Probably. Do you guys have any names jump out to you? So a lot of names jump out to me. As you kind of brought this up off off the air as, as we were getting into this, I – Immediately, I think, threw out four to five, maybe six names that 
immediately jump off the page to me. Like when I look at the game and, and so many great analysts of this game end up being goaltenders because I think there's something about watching the game in front of you and having to understand and read the game as it unfolds in front of you. For me, Patrick Waugh is kind of around the top of my list just simply because I, I was a big fan of Patrick growing up. I think he's one of those players that, that has the personality but beyond just uh, being a hockey player, and I think it'd be entertaining and fun to watch a hockey game with. Uh, you know, I, I kind of go lean toward Wayne Gretzky just because there there was a lot in terms of my youth growing up playing hockey that, that was tied to Wayne Gretzky. Um, you know, but kind of a... a of a new school mentality the the two guys that i think from kind of this generation would be Sidney crosby and alex ovechkin like sitting those two to down together in a room to watch a game and how they see it how they view it differently i think would be fascinating you need somebody that's entertaining and mm-hmm. fun and just uh, has that personality but you also need somebody who's really good too that when if and when they do criticize or make fun or mock mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the, the, the game that you're watching. <laughs> Whatever terminology you want to use, I like to mock. Sure. Uh, yeah. You, you want to be able to look at that uh, at that person and go, hey, yeah, they can do that. Like Peyton last night did a bit of that. And each time you go, yeah, he can do that because he's, he's mm-hmm. been there. He's done that. He, he, can, uh, he can throw a jab or two. Uh, so you, you need that little bit of uh, mixture. Uh, Theron Fleury, like there's a guy that could – could beak like anything. Also, Hall of Fame play like good, good guy to to watch a game with. My two would be Eric Lindros, mm-hmm. like Eric Lindros, top of his game and could bring it. And Paul Coffey, Paul Coffey with a like a fork tongue. He is funny, <laughs> and he was Hall of Famer, uh, won Cops Norris trophies, and doesn't lack confidence. I love every conversation that I've ever had with Paul Coffey. Uh, those two guys, Lindros and Coffey, I think would be fascinating to watch a game with. So, you know, one of the guys who jumps out of the top of my list now that I think more and more about it, I don't know where he fits in the personality, like if he's got that, that where he could throw jabs. Hall of Fame player and a guy who's proven he's a Hall of Fame general manager, Steve Eiserman. Like, I, I think it'd be oh, fascinating yeah. watching a game with him because he he obviously... Not only could do it on the ice, but he's proven in the office that he he can get the job done. I mean, he was the architect of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and now maybe he'll be able to turn the Detroit Red Wings around. He's certainly going to have enough draft picks over the next couple of years to do that. But I think it'd be fascinating watching with him. And Mark Messier would be another guy who who's near the top of my list because he's got that he's got that snarl, and he certainly is a guy who on the ice has proven he is one of the all-time greats when it comes to playing the game. I mean, currently, guys who are currently on uh, in the game, I think Travis Green, the coach of, of the uh, Vancouver Canucks, would be fascinating because I, I love listening to him talk because he breaks things down, and it's, it's like you could tell that he has a great mind for the game, and Paul Maurice would be fun because he, well, he's a guy who he definitely has some quips. John Cooper would be another guy I think would mm-hmm. be fun to watch a game Yeah, with. that's a good one. I, I hadn't thought of, uh, of Coop. Travis Green sarcastic yeah well i, I picked that up <laughs> so in the pressers be, yeah that would be that would be so entertaining i i like listen listening to, to their pressers because he he yeah. gives it he gives it and so does maurice a little bit but maurice you could tell he has a good relationship with the guys in in winnipeg and 
I, I, I find him fascinating. I, th- I think he's a very, very funny guy. Travis is going to come on the chirp this year, uh, whether he likes it or not. He's, he's coming on the chirp. I've already told him. You're, you're going to be you're going to be on there, and we'll go back and forth uh, because he's one of those guys you can you could so uh, uh, feel com- comfortable sparring with. But some guys, right out of the gate when you're you're interviewing, you're tentative because you don't know how they're going to take it. Travis will just give it right back to you. So that that'll that'll be fun. Uh, Paul Maurice, here's here's two guys: Paul Maurice and Pete DeBoer, because they're best buddies, both coaches. Uh, coached a long time in the National Hockey League, been to uh, Stanley Cup Finals. That would be and, – and they could give it to each other a little bit. Like Peyton and Eli were giving it back and forth a little bit, so that would be, that would be another aspect. Paul and Pete would be, uh, would be inter- interesting. I think I just thought of Ryan's dream come true. Okay. I think he would, he would like to sit on the couch in between Mike Babcock and John mm-hmm. Tortorella. Well, Torres yeah, would be you know, okay. Yeah, I think Tortorella would, would be would be great. I mean, I'll he, tell you right now. Knows, I mean, you got to imagine he's definitely going to bring some good beers to the to the to the party. I'll tell you right now. I would absolutely love to watch a game with John Tortorella. I think it'd be phenomenal. Like it would be it would be great to kind of learn the nuances of when you should or shouldn't sit down a, a star player. Uh, but for <laughs> for me. And, like, you, and you I, like dogs and Torx yeah, and I love dogs, dogs. And we yeah. we could talk about dogs. Yeah. We could do a lot of different It'd things. Be dogs be all over the place on the couches. Dogs would be allowed in the furniture. It'd be awesome. <laughs> one one name that we haven't gotten into, and this is again one of those one of those new school names for me is Drew Doughty. I think Drew Doughty mm. sitting down watching a game with Drew Doughty and, and seeing what he sees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that famous clip really gives you an idea of how he thinks the game. So yeah, I think that would be phenomenal to get Drew Doughty. If I like, if I'm looking at it from from a position standpoint, right? Like one skater, one goaltender, one coach. Uh, goaltender for me, 100% hands down, it's going to be Patrick Waugh. Skater, I'm I'm having a hard time turning away from Wayne Gretzky. And then as far as coaches go, I know we talked about John Tortorella. There's no shortage of really good coaches. John Cooper, uh, Paul Maurice. I I would love to see how Pete DeBoer thinks the game as he's watching it for sure. Uh, But I think Bruce Boudreaux, just based on the conversations that we've had with Bruce Boudreaux on this program, I think you'd learn so much from watching the game with him next to you on the couch. As long as he doesn't turn the Hillary Duff on in the background... I'm, I'm oh, all this on board from with the that. Uh, the jukebox. The yeah, other day. yeah, I'm yeah. I'm down with that. Yeah, uh, he'd be fun. Uh, he is uh, he is coming to town in a couple of weeks, so we'll see whether or not to, we can get him in studio and and talk to him about that. And because he is a guy that just in general conversation, Bruce Bruce is so like us <laughs> that you sometimes forget that you're talking to a former coach. Yeah. And the conversation just takes on a life of its own. That would be that he would be fun to watch. Now, I've had the chance to watch with uh, with different players uh, during the course of, of my career. Some coaches, some former coaches, guys that were still coaching in the game. How about Don Cherry? Ooh. Mm. Be able to watch with, with Don Cherry. Like, I've been around. I've never been in the room for a whole game with Don, but I've been sort of in, in and around with Don. That might uh, that might not be a, a, a bad one, too. But I, I'm, I'm going to stick with Big E and, and Paul Coffey 
Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier, two names that have come up, and we're gonna we're gonna be able to do somewhat along that line of being able to watch a game with them this winter because one's on ESPN and one's on Turner. And mm-hmm. uh, today at five o'clock, we're gonna launch our top five at five uh, segment two. We did the the top five best, top five worst teams in the National Hockey League. We went through that. Now we're going to turn it over to the top five storylines of the season at five o'clock. And we're going to do it both VGK and National Hockey League league-wide. Today is the new television deal. And we'll discuss a little bit about what ESPN is doing. And today TNT uh, revealed its lineup, and we'll get into some of the personalities that you're going to see and be able to watch on the uh, on the television lineup of TNT. So you have to pick two. Uh, I've gone Lindros, and I've gone Coffee. Oh, we know what Ryan is going. Uh, he spread it out: player, coach, skater. Give me two that you'd take. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll I'll narrow it down. It's going to be Patrick Waugh, and it's okay. going to be Wayne Gretzky. I think those two are going to be phenomenal. Nice. Two members of the 1998 uh, Olympic team. How about you, Chapman? I'm going to stick with Iserman, and I think, I, I think I'd go with Tortorella. I think he'd be f- fascinating to just hang out with <laughs> for a few hours. No, I've told you he's not nearly as fiery. But you know uh, what? But but I, I just enjoy listening to him talk. Like, I enjoy, like, even though we, we kind of poke fun at him a little bit, I just enjoy listening to him. Like, I know his press conferences can be off the wall, but I could tell there's a lot of personality there. Plus, he 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 he's a guy who who has won a lot. I just think he'd be fascinating. I I, I like Torts. Like I I like when when he was here in year one and he was asked about William Carlson. He goes. I don't know who who put that guy in the fourth line, <laughs> or, or something along those lines. I wish he would have done that here. You know? So, but yeah, he he's. I think he's the kind of guy who could poke fun at himself too, and I kind of like that. So my buddy uh, Doug McLean was an assistant coach with the Detroit Red Wings during Eisenman's time. Hmm. Uh, I don't know how long five five years in and around there. Uh, he was an assistant coach, uh, mainly under Brian Murray, and there's two. Two stories that, that jump out. One was they they interacted one day at the start of the season or whatever, and Eisenman looked at him and went, you're back? <laughs> which, which, <laughs> I'm not sure Eisenman was joking or whether he was serious uh, because he's got that straight face. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Doug laughed it off, tried to make it like he was joking. And uh, we'll go with that. But, but that's a pretty good one where you just walk up and, uh, to somebody and go, you're back with, with the upward inflection. The other one was, uh, and this may have inspired that comment, but Doug did something in a meeting and and called out Eisenman in one of those scouting sessions uh, mm. when they were pre-scouting the other team and going through the, the lineup. And Eisenman didn't say a word, but Doug said something that was pointed towards Steve Eisenman, captain of the Detroit Royals, before they'd won. Like, this, mm-hmm. is, this is before they won all their cups. And so Stevie Y wasn't the Stevie Y that we know today. And they left. Uh, they were in another part of the dressing room right after. And uh, Doug said hi to Stevie, uh, acknowledged him. And Steve said, hey, uh, Doug, yeah, don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there, there's two examples of Eisenman who, if you're going to watch the game with him, you might get mm-hmm. some of that. That I, I, I like bite. that. 
That's good. That's good from stuff. from from Steve Eisenman. You're back. Well, let me, You're back. <laughs> let me throw one more name at, at out there because it's it's a little bit surprising to me that it took about 16 minutes for me to get this name out into the into the universe. But Brett Hall. Yes. Now it, I just, here's the problem with Brett. <laughs> That's never let's a good go. a good indication. Let's, here's let's the problem go. with that guy. I I'm I'm ready for it. Let's hear okay. it. Because when I watch a game, I'll just preface it. When I watch a game, I want to be entertained, and I mm-hmm. want to watch excellence. Now, last night's football game wasn't excellence, but it was certainly entertaining. Entertaining, yeah. Uh, with Brett Hull, mm-hmm. you will leave whatever game you're watching thinking you just watched the worst hockey game of your <laughs> life. <laughs> And then if you dare sit down and watch another game with Brett, you'll go, you'll walk out of the house and you'll go, that was the worst game I've ever watched in my life. It was better than last week's game I watched with Brett. Because nobody's as good as Brett. Nobody can do anything nearly as as well as Brett could. Mm. The old story, Brett uh, was standing at a face-off opposite Steve Thomas. And they're they're good buddies, and Steve Thomas could certainly uh, be can laugh, and go, he was he was he's great soul. I love love Steve Thomas. And while they're getting ready for the faceoff, Brett leans on a stick and says, "Stumpy says, how's it going? Not good. Why? Can you believe who they've got me playing with tonight?" <laughs> and Stumpy's like laughs. No, seriously, can you believe who they've got me playing with tonight? And as Stumpy tells the story, Steve Thomas tells the story, it's not like the two guys that Brett was on the ice with couldn't hear what he was saying right? loud and clear. <laughs> and Brett, it's it's not like he was trying to get a message across to anybody. He, he wasn't because that message had already been put across. It was he was just flat out saying, I'm way better than these guys. I shouldn't be playing with them, and I don't care if they can hear what I'm saying. Like it's just hmm. he, he. There's no filter with with Brett Hall. Uh, did I ever tell you a story about when when Gretzky was acquired by the St. Louis Blues and they were running their their scout on the power play? Roger Nielsen was the coach, and Roger started the power play meeting a couple of times, and Brett said, um, "Roger, give it to Wayne." And Roger would start off the power play meeting again. Hey, Roger, <laughs> how about Wayne talk? And Wayne would be like, no, 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 Brett, let, let him talk. Like the third time, Roger just like gave him the, the, the marker and let Wayne do, do the power play. Like there's, there's no misunderstanding Brett Hall. So while it'll be fun to watch the game with him, mm-hmm. you're just, you're just going to walk away going, nobody's, nobody's as good as Brett. <laughs> No player who's ever no, laced him up has ever been ever, as good as, ever Brett, as, good as Brett. Okay, all right. That might have informed uh, a little bit of a change for me. I want to watch a game with Brett Hull and Wayne Gretzky. Oh, that's a good that idea. would be phenomenal. That would because be. I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear Brett Hull explain why he's a better hockey player than Wayne yeah, Gretzky. Yeah, that would be, be great. That would be really uh, entertaining. I, I love it. Uh, Coach Scotty Bowman. With uh, with a uh, like right there with him, Pete DeBoer, because I want to know. I just would love to be able to watch with Pete, and then do the broadcasts all the time 
knowing that uh, I've, I've, I've got a slight understanding of, of how Pete sees the game. But uh, Scotty Bowman as the coach, goaltender, uh, I'll go Grant Fear because he loves to talk and he can, <laughs> he can bring it in, in that regard. Uh, defenseman, Paul Coffey. And forward, hmm, one forward, winner take all. I'll go Wayne. Yeah. Just okay. Right, th- right there. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, uh, give us a shout out on uh, Twitter, Ryan the Hockey Guy, or at Darren Millard. Magnum. What are you? Magnum. Zip code. Oh, yeah, 702. <laughs> there you are. Not zip code, area code. <laughs> yeah. I, I still understood what you meant. Yeah, yeah, I know. Zip code, area yeah. code, uh, whatever. It's, uh, we've got uh, a big show for you coming up. Uh, we're going to try and make sense of the Central Division. Who's going to make the playoffs? We we sort of did it with the Pacific yesterday, trying to decide who could possibly make a run at the Vegas School of the Knights for first place. I bounced it off a couple of people last night while I was watching the football game. Everybody comes back to Edmonton, and then it's a complete free-for-all after that. <laughs> like, I would start throwing out teams, and yeah. n- nobody can give me a reason why those teams could do it. Like Calgary, uh, mm-hmm. Vancouver, L.A., except they could all, to a person, tell me why those teams don't have a shot. Because there's just <laughs> so much mystery. <laughs> L.A.'s youth and, and the next wave, that wasn't a, a conversation. It was too old and their goaltending. Uh, it was all about uh, Calgary. Uh, the, the times passed them by. Even even with uh, with Sutter in there, times passed them yeah. by. Vancouver just not ready. Uh, too many moving parts. Uh, Seattle not going to be able to pull off a of Vegas. Nobody can sell me on why they could, other than Edmonton. Edmonton remains the firm team in the Pacific. In the Central, you've got Colorado, but the gap between Colorado and everybody else is a lot closer. But is that second team Minnesota? Is it Dallas after missing the playoffs a year ago? Or how about St. Louis? We're going to try and answer that for you in just a little bit. And then the top five at five, the uh, top five storylines headed into the National Hockey League season from a league perspective and from a VGK standpoint. Uh, League perspective, we're going to do the new U.S. television deal because it is a big thing. Uh, both monetarily for the teams, but also who you're going to watch on those national nights this year. Uh, who are we excited to watch? TNT unveiled their lineup uh, today. And on the VGK side of uh, the storyline, their compacted schedule is going to play out like it did a year ago. And that experience from a year ago will be key in, in how much teams learn from that. But also, uh, with the 82 games and a compacted schedule, it's going to be a really uh, big challenge for everybody to stay healthy. And all these teams about like who's going to challenge in the Pacific, who's going to be able to take a run at Colorado in the Central. We're going into this thinking that teams are pretty healthy. Wait till they start getting banged up. And who's got the most depth to it? And who's got the next wave coming? This weekend is the rookie camp in Arizona. Vegas Golden Knights taking their uh, their prospects over to Arizona. Like Peyton Krebs, we saw uh, we saw him last year. He mm-hmm. might have played a bigger role had he not got hurt. 
with with a shot to the face. Uh, he, like Peyton Krebs is somebody that we're going to be looking at as a tweener. Can he make the step into the National Hockey League lineup, which would be a huge jump for in the last year, considering the development's been all over this place uh, in the last year. What about Jack Dugan? He's a fifth-round pick, but has the aspirations of a first-rounder. Zach Dean we haven't seen. Lucas Cormier I'm really excited to see. Jesper Vickman. Who who are you excited to sort of soak up this weekend at uh, at the prospect tournament? I mean, for for me, it's it's fairly fairly obvious. I I am very intrigued and interested in Peyton Krebs because I, I think if you're looking at one player over the course of of this the next four or five days that I, I think is likely going to find himself an opportunity to be a player on this Golden Knights team out of training camp. It is Peyton Krebs, and I'm curious to see kind of how he does uh, among his peers here after he got a little bit of time last year in the NHL. And and I just think that this is kind of that time. It's an opportunity with Alex Tuck out of the lineup. You have a spot that is open, I think, on the wing in a uh, a scoring type of role. And I'm curious to see what Peyton Krebs is able to do with that. And, and you know, beyond that, I, I think that it's, it's probably Zach Dean. It's probably Lucas Cormier, two players we haven't really had a chance to get a look at just yet, just to kind of see where they're at in terms of their development and how quickly they're tracking toward being professional hockey players, whether it be with the Henderson Silver Knights or the Vegas Golden Knights. See, now for me, I, I think Krebs is obviously the guy who, who everyone wants to see, but there's someone else, and neither one of you have mentioned Pavel Durafayev. He's a guy who came over from Russia last year, scored a couple goals. Spot him, though, with, with Henderson. Well, well, yeah, but not with the rookies, right? Like, not mm. not as part of something like this, because this would be the first time he's he's been around this, from from what I can remember, because um, they didn't have one last year. So he's a guy who came over, had had some success with Henderson. And the other guy who, who we have seen here in, in the past, but another guy who, who just fascinates me is Caden Korzak. Like I think he he's, he looks like he's going to be a pretty good defenseman, a defenseman's defenseman, but he got to play a little bit in Henderson last year, and, and he was in the bubble with the team when they went to to win uh, Edmonton. I'm I'm curious to see how his game has developed, and and if he's a guy who in a couple of years can be in the conversation like we like we talk about Zach Whitecloud and and uh, Dylan Coglin today. Yeah, Cormier's Ryan mentioned the defenseman's uh, name, third round pick. Just had an outstanding for uh, one of those pandemic years. Might be w- one of the great seasons of 2020 2021 mm-hmm. when you when you really put it together. Uh, yeah. it, it, guy that can score, he yeah. can skate, he can rush the puck. Uh, blossomed last year coming off that draft, and now we get to see him against his peers and and in this VGK I- environment. I'm I'm intrigued by it because I don't know I've watched some video of him but I've never been able to watch him for a full game or a, a big stretch. I'm I'm intrigued with what I'm going to see the first couple of skates with Lucas Cormier. The Krebs I've seen bits and pieces. Dora Five uh, I've watched. This is a player where I'm I'm not going in blank but I've had blinders on. And this will be this will be very interesting. 
Thank you for uh, for picking me up on that because I was trying to figure out what the next stage is from blank, but not eyes <laughs> wide open. Uh, I is he is he that rushing defenseman like a, a Makar, mm-hmm. that type of player, or is he a little smoother like Shea Theodore? Or is he more well all around like uh, Alex Petrangelo, uh, Alex Martinez, that kind of thing? Like I'll, I'll, I'm very curious to see what my first impressions of Lucas Cormier uh, are. Which yeah, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you when it comes to to Lucas Cormier, and you know you, you kind of mention uh, a couple of young defensemen in the league right now, and and you also just kind of mention different types of defensemen, yeah. and for me, I. I think it's it's always so fun and interesting when you've got a defender that that is offensively minded that does have kind of a different skill set on the back end and and that's what fascinates me when when it comes to that position and kind of that that newer newer hybrid of of defensemen that can do some things at the offensive blue line that can do some things when it comes to the power play uh but you know in terms of just kind of his overall game, how he is in his own zone, all those different things that, that are going to eventually determine whether or not he makes it to the NHL. I, I, I'm with you. I want to know what my first impression is going to be of him, and this is the first opportunity within this organization in this setting that we're going to get to see that. You know, in Charlottetown last year, the QMJHL, he was trending towards a 35 outside shot at a 40-goal season for a defenseman <laughs> and over 100 <laughs> points comfortably. Yeah. And his numbers the year before weren't as a sophomore weren't weren't bad at all. They were really good. But last mm-hmm. year just pff, exploded uh, onto the scene. Now I want to see what that looks like in person. Yeah, I look yeah. at all the numbers I can. But he's he's going into his uh, what would be his fourth year in, in major junior, uh, and can he can he make that jump? I doubt it. But boy oh boy. Uh, from what you see on paper, makes you really excited to look at it on the ice. Cannot wait. Uh, those are some of the names that we're uh, tracking. Uh, Friday night, uh, they start the prospect tournament in Arizona, and then they play on Sunday and Monday to round out the uh, three games in uh, Arizona, both at the Gila River Arena and the Ice Den. When we continue, what's going on in the Central Can anybody take a run of the avalanche? I think they can. I'll tell you who and see if Ryan agrees with me there. And then the top five at five, number five storyline, both league-wide and then on the VGK. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Modern-day NHL player I'd like to watch a game with? Yeah, Mark Stone. He's a fan of everything. Like, he, uh, admitted sports junkie. And <laughs> that would be uh, kind of cool. I, I, I could open it up, too. Uh, not just, just a hockey game to watch with uh, Mark Stone. I'll watch golf. I'll, Ryder Cup? That'd be so cool to watch the Saturday of the Ryder Cup uh, with Mark Stone. He was at the uh, Raider game last night. He was? He, he tweeted out... Uh, uh, Big win for the Raiders. Him, actually, a bunch of guys were there. I, I saw Shea Theodore. was there. Chandler yeah. Stevenson was there. Yeah. yeah, I think Tuck was there. Had a so, good time. Yeah. Oof. It's pretty cool. Like, like, I mean, me and Ryan have been here a, a, a long time. And to see the way that 
we have now become a professional sports town, and you see the NHL guys going to Raider games. You see Foster Moreau of the Raiders showing up before the game in his. It's kind of funny. It, he his number is eighty seven, so he showed up in his gold <laughs> number eighty seven jersey, and and the old school Golden Knight fans will remember who wore number eighty seven for the VGK for a brief three game stretch back in the inaugural season. Uh, did you see them change jerseys? After the game last night, guys are trading jerseys. I didn't see that. No, I, like that used to be a thing in international hockey. You you play the game and then you'd you'd be playing uh, the Russians and you would shake hands and then you trade jerseys. Uh, a couple of guys did it last night and I don't know what the thing was with it. Was it was a random? Well, it wasn't a random. It was a first Monday night, but uh, I've, I've never seen that before after a National Football League game. Uh, trading places in the Central Division is something that uh, a few of the teams have aspirations of doing with the Colorado Avalanche. But the Vegas Golden Knights are a prohibitive favorite in the Pacific Division. The Colorado Avalanche wear that hat in the Central. Is there anybody, Ryan Wallace, that you think can make a run at the Colorado Avalanche. So the team that I I think is poised to do it is none other than the Winnipeg Jets. I, I look at this team and I look at them up front. I, I like their forward group. I, I do think Pierre-Luc Dubois having an opportunity to just kind of set everything that happened last season aside, come into this year uh, knowing that he's a Winnipeg Jet, knowing that he's in a, a, a different situation is going to be helpful. I think up front they're incredibly good. Their they're goaltending, I, I love Connor Hellebuck. I think he's a just a phenomenal goalie. And then, you know, with, with the departure of Dustin Bufflin and just kind of how that defense was dismantled a couple of years ago after losing to the Golden Knights in the Western Conference Final, I, I do think that the Winnipeg Jets are finally kind of out of place where I, I like their defense. I think the addition of Nate Schmidt certainly helps. Neil Pionk's been very good. Josh Morrissey's been fantastic. I like what the Winnipeg Jets have in terms of players in, in all of the, the various positions you need to succeed. I think this is a team that's well-coached, and, and I do believe that they have all the tools to kind of be among that upper echelon in the Central Division. Colorado, Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg, if they can get it going offensively, Mm-hmm. then I think there's a real good chance because their blue line is much more stable than it has been in the last three years. Going back to the St. Louis Blues Stanley Cup run was probably the last time that you felt really good about the Winnipeg Jets' defensive core. Uh, I like the overall balance of the team. Uh, Nate Schmidt going in there, I think, will give them a different line. I think Nate will have my, a better year this year uh, than he did last year in, in being dealt and then during a, a pandemic. After that, like St. Louis, I think might have the next best shot of coming out of that division, having a reload. They made a signing today in Tyler Bozak. Uh, Tarasenko sounds like he's going to be back. Uh, one last hurrah for this group, and then you got to turn the page. And players know when windows are closing. And fitting a similar bill is Dallas, which there's four teams, guys, that I've just said could potentially win the division. (laughs) And that surprises me when you look at how dominant Colorado was a year ago that I would say that there was three teams that can push them. But I think Dallas can push a lot of teams. They're they're healthy. 
Sagan's healthy. Radulov's healthy. Ben is better. Uh, their defense is good. They've got they've got depth in in goal. I just I don't see Dallas missing the playoffs again. And if they're in the playoffs, uh, I don't see why they can't be part of that group making a run at the top seed in the Central. Yeah, for me, I think when it comes to the Dallas Stars, and we've talked about them just a little bit here on the show already, it's it's going to come down to health, right? Like you've you've got a team that while their young pieces are very, very good and, and you you have a lot of excitement surrounding them, uh, you're also looking at, at some older players in, in Jamie Benn and Alexander Radulov and Joe Pavelski. Now, in terms of Pavelski, he's going to be an effective player until he's probably 45 years old. You put him in front of the net, you get him on the power play, he's going to score his goals. Uh, but you, you are going to need Tyler Sagan to be healthy and available and good all year long. If you've got that, I think that element certainly makes this team very, very good up front offensively. Uh, for me, it's really about health. Uh, they've got a great blue line. They've got about 17 goaltenders that they can choose from uh, in terms of who they want to play. So I, I do look at the Dallas Stars as, as one of those teams in this division that is going to be in the playoff picture so long as they stay healthy the 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 rest the entire season and you know th- that's kind of always going to be the question for me when it comes to Dallas this year. I I don't want to say they're on the hot seat but coaches facing pressure mm-hmm. this might be the division with the most. <laughs> like Barube yeah. trying to come back yeah. and and get this team to a spot where they were a couple of years ago. Uh Jared Bednar is coaching the favorite, but Mm -hmm. it hasn't gone well. Uh, They haven't been able to get through the second round. And if they don't get off to a great start, is Jared Bednar facing pressure? Uh, The Dallas Stars went to the Stanley Cup final with Rick Bonus taking over that team, and it was a beautiful run uh, for one of the great people in our sport in Rick Bonus. But they didn't make the playoffs last year. Some of that was due to injury. Some of it was poor play. Some of it was the pandemic, and, and they got out uh, to a very slow start because of the pandemic and being uh, sidelined early on last year and never were able to hit their stride. If they don't get off to a good start, do they look at making changes? And Winnipeg's the same story. Uh, the hot and cold uh, with, with Paul Maurice has been there for about the last year and a half. I thought he did a, a, an amazing job at the end of last year, in the backhand of last year, really turning it around with his team and his group and then winning that playoff series uh, against the Edmonton Oilers. But that said, there's there's four coaches that I think are going to face immense pressure this year. Then toss in Chicago. And I don't want to say that Chicago is going to be able to challenge Colorado, Mm -hmm. go to that extent, but... It wouldn't surprise me that Chicago is there right in the mix of a playoff race this year. Taves is back. Uh, uh, They acquire Seth Jones. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury in goal. Uh, He's going to face and be behind a much different team this year, but stability uh, there. And they will have Kirby Doc back this year. Mm -hmm. And I, I think their top six is is nothing to roll your eyes at. Top six is uh, dependable, if not electric. And so, Chicago is a team that I think can definitely be in the mix of a playoff spot in the Central. So the thing with Chicago and, and where I'm at with them is I, I think they're one of those teams that 
uh, is a wild card, right? Like they could be better than we expect them to because of all the reasons you, you just mentioned. You get Jonathan Taves back. You have Kirby Dock. You've added some players up front and, and Jujar Kara that and Tyler Johnson that give you more depth and really allow you to be a little bit more balanced team up front at least. To me, when it comes to the Chicago Blackhawks, I think their ultimate undoing is going to be their defense. Yes, Seth Jones is a fantastic defenseman, but he is just one defenseman. Outside of Seth Jones, uh, all things being equal, I think they're about the same as they were last year defensively, and that wasn't particularly good. So um, you're going to rely heavily on Marc-Andre Fleury if there's a goaltender in the world that can rely that, that you can rely on that heavily and have a great year. It is Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, so Chicago could be very, very good, or they could be kind of what you know what I think a lot of people are expecting—a team that's a little bit better, but still a few pieces away, specifically on the back end. And I think you'll see uh, Mark Andre Fleury used somewhat differently. The concern in Vegas was you got to make sure he's fresh enough for a long playoff run. Mm-hmm. That's not the case in Chicago. Like that's a long playoff run is not the goal for the Chicago Blackhawks. Quite frankly, making the playoffs is the goal of the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah. So I think I think you can lean on Marc-Andre more in this regular season than maybe you would be willing to do so uh, in, in, in Vegas, where you wanted that tandem uh, with Robin Leonard. Here's two teams that have mentioned, Nashville and Minnesota. And health and change with those two teams, I'm still trying to decide. So, like, for me, when it comes to the Minnesota Wild, I, I I am so encouraged. I was so encouraged by what they were able to do last year in just kind of getting to where they wanted to be ahead of schedule. Right now, a lot is riding on Kirill Kaprizov. While I don't think that Kirill Kaprizov makes this team, I, I do think that there's a, a an aspect of him on this roster that changes a little bit of what they are so i i'm interested to see where things go with kirill kaprizov i do think that he he he's important in that i he's got to be on this team but i i do think that the writing is on the wall and there are ways for the wild to make the playoffs even if they don't have kirill kaprizov available i like their blue line i i think they have some pretty solid players in their defensive pairings but i think as far as they go they go as far as kirill kaprizov i i think he he brought a lot of energy. It was almost like a jolt for this team. And and honestly, they're probably not a playoff team without him because he brought that much energy to the team. And I think he brought a lot of life to them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're a playoff team without him. I mean, they're they're probably close just because I think the division is, is so close and there's a lot of um, um, parity in that division. But without him, I don't know if they're a team and they're definitely not a contender for the Stanley Cup. You guys believe in chemistry? Yes, I do. Yeah. I'm reading an interesting book, and I'll spend more time on this in the next couple of weeks because I want to finish the book before I really get into it, but it's called Intangibles. And it really breaks down whether chemistry is a real thing or not. And then it goes through all the different types of players, the the bonder, the uh, the, the the judge, the like different uh, the the person that brings people down, um, all all the different personalities of a team, but one one area that it, that it dealt with was the San Francisco Giants, and they had some good teams with with Barry Bonds around there and Jeff Kent, and they made a run, 
And but at the end of Barry's career there, it was all about Barry for those final three years. And the home run chase and Barry having the lounger and it, it, we all know the story, the locker room in his own well, yeah, him and Jeff Kent got into a fist fight. Yeah, but but at, Kent left, and then it became just about Barry. But after Barry left, after Bonds retired, that's when San Francisco started winning World Series. Yeah, they won three in six yeah. years. So I'm not saying that this is exactly the same, but I am drawing a comparable. Right. Barry leaves where he took up a lot of the bandwidth with the San Francisco Giants, and everybody else was able to blossom. Mm-hmm. Will we see the same with Minnesota after Parise and Suter leave? And or or will there be a year or two transition as everybody sorts itself out? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But right. in in reading this this book about chemistry and and drawing on the experience of what happened after Barry left and the players just being able to express themselves and be themselves a lot more. I wonder if we're going to see a similar display out of the Minnesota Wild. I, I feel like you can kind of make the argument that the, the players for the Minnesota Wild already did that to, to an extent. When, you know, when Zach Parise was healthy, scratched at various points in the regular season and in the playoffs, I do think that you kind of saw a little bit more of an ownership taken by the Minnesota Wild players, especially up front. So uh, it, that'll be something interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, and, you know, it'll be it, it'll be fascinating to see what the Minnesota Wild are this year in this division that, you know, is, is arguably going to be, I think, a little bit tougher than, than where they were last year, just simply because you had the cream of the crop in, in that Honda West division, and then you had kind of everybody else. Everybody can make the playoffs in the Central this year, except for Arizona, who will take part in the uh, Central Division for the first time. They move over to the Central from the Pacific uh, as the Seattle Kraken <laughs> join the league. I'm not, not being mean there. I've got some stats to back it up. I'll give it to you in one-timers. But up next, we'll reset and give you uh, what's on board with the top five at five on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Thanks to Darren Elliott, my good buddy from the VGK side of things on the AT&T broadcast. Sent me a text saying, are you really trying to convince people that you're reading a book on chemistry or a chemistry (laughs) book? I have no idea how many elements there are other than the one on my stove. That's it. Boom, boom. Uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, uh, the top five at five. Ryan Wallace is going to tell you what the biggest story is in the National Hockey League this year, the fifth biggest story, and then the fifth biggest story on the VGK front. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 